0: Alrighty, what's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. I am him. I greatly appreciate everybody joining me here on this beautiful day. I hope you have a wonderful and happy holiday season. I'm getting in the spirit. I hope you are as well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't know if anybody remembers when I came on this here particular program months and months ago when good old scary Irvin Meyer at the Urban Meyer Chop House, okay, the Urban Meyer Pint House, whatever you want to call it, and him and a co-ed were dancing. Things got a little interesting. Videos were swirling. But the big thing about that, and I touched on it, was you didn't fly back with the team, right? He didn't fly back with his team. Everybody else in the organization flew back so that's what started this all, right? But now we are sitting here December 16th, and ladies and gentlemen, Urban Meyer, after 13 games with the Jacksonville Jaguars, has been fired. Now go back to that episode. Go back to that episode, and I told you he would not last the entire season. I said that. I said that. And my, my views have changed as the season went on. You know, I was like, okay, maybe after the season, maybe they'll give him another year. Maybe they'll let him test out. Who knows? Shad Khan's a clown. Okay, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars is an absolute moron, and we all know it, okay? They've had four head coaches in the last 10 years. You know why? You know why? I think, honestly, in the hierarchy of NFL football, right, I think the head coach, it goes back to the owner. It has to go back to the owner because the owner makes the final decision, right? I mean, that's why the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones was getting hated on for years and years because Jason Garrett wasn't performing as a head coach and he kept him around because uh, he's like a son to me. He, he's like a son to me. He played on this team. He had the star on his helmet and now he has a star in his chest coaching for the Dallas Cowboys. He, he's like a son to me. And he did that for about five, six years when the Cowboys had no success. I was wondering if the same was going to happen in Jacksonville. But on this beautiful day, ladies and gentlemen, ding, dong, the witch is dead. He's gone. Scary Irvin's out of there. But let's take it back, okay? Let's take it back to when Urban Meyer was originally hired, okay? About the first week he was in Jacksonville, he hired a strength coach from Iowa because this man was a racist. He was homophobic. He had incredibly bad tweets. And not only that, rumors came out and the rumors you know were proven to be true that this man made racial remarks to black players on the Iowa Hawkeyes team. This is strength and conditioning coach. And for anybody who doesn't know football, the strength and conditioning coach is with every single player on the team every single day, knows their body, knows their life. They're so ingrained with the program The strength coach is your right-hand man as a player. Whoever it is, it's like, I know I can go to him for life advice. I know I can go to him for health advice. I know he's going to look out for me because his job is to make me the best person I can possibly be, not only on the field, but off the field. The strength coach, you spend a lot of time with the strength coach, right? And to hire a man who had all of these allegations for being an incredibly horrible human to bring him into an NFL franchise raised the red flag immediately. What are you doing urban? And then urban came in a press conference. He said, well, you know, I've thought about it and I realized it wasn't a good idea. And so, you know, he's not going to be joining the staff anymore, but he's a good friend and I appreciate him. Oh, that's good. Uh, good look. Good look herb next thing. Okay. Next thing he does. Let's go to the NFL draft. What happened in the NFL draft? The Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence, number one, overall, as they should have, as they should have Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback. Actually, I mean, when you're looking at it now, Mac Jones was probably should have been taken number 1. Should have been taken number 1. He was he definitely could have won the Heisman if it wasn't for the guy he was throwing footballs to who is an absolute dominant football player, 23 receiving t- 23 receiving touchdowns in a 14 game season. That's Heisman immediately. That doesn't happen. I mean, it's very rare for a receiver, too, to win the Heisman Trophy and for him to do it in such beautiful fashion. And that's also the crazy thing about Alabama when you look at him, because Jalen Waddell, who went six overall to the Miami Dolphins, he was the Heisman, like one of the Heisman favorites going into the season. And then he gets hurt. He's out for the year. Oh, next man up, Devontae Smith. He scores 23 touchdowns. But I look back on it, you know, who was throwing him the football? It was Mac Jones. If it wasn't for Devontae Smith, Mac Jones was the by far favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Mac Jones is a phenomenal quarterback, and we're seeing it. And, and again, people are saying, oh, it's the Patriots. It's how, what he has. Sure, Bill Belichick's the greatest football coach we have ever seen and we will ever see. You know, it's, it's simple as that. He's in a good system. He's got good players, not great players, but good players around him. So when you look back on it, it's probably like, oh, we should have taken Mac Jones number one. But again, we can play the whole hypothetical game like, All right, you throw Mac Jones into the system that they have in Jacksonville and the players they have in Jacksonville, he probably would have similar success. And that's very minuscule, like Trevor Lawrence is having Trevor Lawrence. I mean, last week threw four interceptions, first time he threw four interceptions in his entire football career, including high school and college. That's why he was taken number one overall, right? Like, that's why the kid only lost five regular season games from high school to college, isn't that crazy? That's why he was taken number one overall. And then when I look at it now, I mean Trey Lance. I right, let's get into rookie quarterbacks for a minute because this sparked a good conversation for me. So we're just gonna do it now. Um, so Trey Lance, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's healthy, is a good quarterback. And, you know, also San Francisco has a good offensive line. They have great receivers, good running backs. Debo Samuel, I mean, Debo Samuel's getting ten carries a game and he's a wide receiver. He's getting five catches a game, ten carries a game. It's like I mean, what more could you ask for as far as a quarterback? You're like, oh, I know I can rely on this guy. Brendan Aiku as well. He's doing great. Trey Lance, they took him number three overall. I bet as well San Francisco is kicking themselves because Mac Jones was sitting on the board. And that was the rumor going into the draft that, hey, San Francisco traded up to get Mac Jones. They want Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones. No, instead. Okay, ready? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quarterback from North Dakota State who played 19 games at North Dakota State, had one good season, and the numbers are crazy that he put up. But again, where was he playing? North Dakota State. That's all you need to know. That's all I need to know. Carson Wentz, perfect example. One MVP-like season, never been the same again. He's never been through anything adversity-wise as far as football goes, and that starts in the college level. That starts in the college level. Mac Jones has been through it. He's played in the SEC. He's played in a packed Tiger Stadium. 100,000 deep in Death Valley, screaming at him, throwing beers at him. He's been through it, you know? Justin Fields, Ohio State, he's been through it. Trevor Lawrence, same thing. They've been through it. What are we doing drafting a guy at North Dakota State? They play in a dome in North Dakota against Grambling State. What the hell are we doing? What the, that, that was one of the worst picks. Probably will go down as the worst pick in the NFL draft. But Trevor Lawrence, OK, he was obviously the number one pick. But what Urban and, you know, the Jacksonville staff did, they drafted in the 24th overall pick. They already had James Robinson, who he has sparked a lot of conversation because he is by far, he, he's a very good running back. Granted, they don't have a great offensive line, but you can't rely on a rookie quarterback to throw the football 40 times a game. And that's what they're trying to do with Trevor Lawrence. Hindsight, why he throws four interceptions in a ballgame. That's why. They gave James Robinson eight carries. This is the NFL. You give him 15, 20 carries. That's what you do if the pass game isn't working. Urban, hello, open your eyes. And he obviously, Urban sits there, you know, on the sidelines looking down half the time. But so with the 20, they had two first round picks. And with the 24th overall pick, they took Travis Etienne. Now, granted, Travis Etienne, great running back. Great running back at Clemson. Changed Clemson's offense completely. Like three 1,500-yard seasons in a row. I mean, that does not happen. He was definitely a first-round talent. But when you look at the roster that Jacksonville had, they had Carlos Hyde, James Robinson. I'm blanking on the other running back. Why do you need another running back? And you know what Urban said? Oh, he's actually—this is Travis Etienne. Three seasons over 1,000 yards, okay, at Clemson. Two seasons, I believe, 1,500. That's no joke. That's a running back. He says, you know what we're going to do? Actually, we're going to play him in the slot. He's going to be a slot receiver in the NFL. What? This isn't a high school kid who you saw and was like, you know what? He'd be better in the slot. Let's try him out. Again, I say it all the time. What league is this? This is the men's league. That 33-year-old linebacker that's standing back there is as fast as that slot receiver that you have. He's as fast as your running back. Newsflash, Urban, when Ohio State's playing Purdue, when they're playing Rutgers, you can have that advantage. You can because you have better athletes. The NFL, everyone is the best athlete. It's the men's league. It is the world premier league of football. And you're coming in there being like, oh, no, no, no. He's going to be like a Percy Harvin type. Percy Harvin never panned out in the NFL, probably for good reason he was a great college player. It happens all the time. So, you know, shaky move there. And then everybody knows what happened in June, the signing of Tim Tebow to play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I've said it a couple of times, like, you know, I understand in a way what Urban was trying to do, but when I look back on it, what the hell was he trying to do? Like, this is a quarterback who, in practice, if you don't know, let me educate you. Quarterbacks wear a red jersey in practice. You don't touch the quarterback. You don't touch them. Like you go on hard knocks all the time. Even if a D lineman like bumps into him when they're rushing the passer in a practice drill, oh, they get blit. It's it's horrible. You're you're putting his life at risk. You're putting, you know, your team's life at risk. It's crazy. Tim Tebow, yes, he ran over people in college. He was a great college player playing the quarterback position, right? And let's also think about the modern day tight end. Travis Kelsey is six foot six, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, is faster than Tim Tebow. He's stronger than Tim Tebow. And can jump higher than Tim Tebow. Darren Waller, six foot six, 240 pounds, lists the same things. Every team has a guy like that. Obviously, not to the level of a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller, but you understand my point. A six foot two, you know, 230 pound Tim Tebow is, can't put his hand in the ground. And th- let's just run through this scenario real quick. Tim Tebow, Lines up at tight end. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. He puts his hand in the dirt. He has to block Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, who is 6'5", 275 pounds, runs a 4.540 40, and is stronger than anybody on the field. You're telling me, Urban, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, yeah, Tebow, he's got that. Oh, trust me, no. I saw him play quarterback in college. He can block. He can block. And we saw it in the preseason. We saw it literally. I look, I I wasn't a physical player. I didn't like getting hit. Tebow looked like me when, when I was out playing football, like he was trying to put his shoulder into people. It was embarrassing. So that's another shaky move. And then I'll bring it back. Obviously a Thursday night football loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. And what does urban Meyer do instead of getting back on the team plane With your entire coaching staff and players, he says, you know what? No, I'm going to take some time. We don't have a bye week next week. Even though the Thursday night football, it's a mini bye. You know, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday off. You come back on Tuesday. That's a mini bye for sure. He says, no, no, no. I'm going to go see the grandkids. You know, you guys have fun. I, I mean, and I listened to tons of former players talk about this because I thought I was going crazy. I was like, that's so wrong. You know, you can't do that as an NFL coach. And I heard, you know, McAfee, A.J. Hawk, Ryan Clark, guys like that talk about it. Even Chuck Pagano, former, you know, NFL coach. He's like, that is obscene. That is something we've never heard about, seen before. And it's because the entitlement Urban Meyer thinks he has. And then obviously the video with the young co-ed comes out and it's like, oh, OK, so this is a Saturday night. We flew home to Jacksonville while you're still here. Okay, that's pretty interesting. I don't understand that completely, but that's pretty interesting. Okay. And then throughout the season, we're hearing about Marvin Jones, who is a veteran wide receiver. He is a great, great wide receiver. We're hearing rumors that he's leaving practice because he can't deal with Urban Meyer. He's saying, this guy's a clown. I'm not doing it. We can't deal with it. All right. So he has to be told to come back. And apparently they've both, you know, disputed the rumors, but I could see this happening. Like Marvin Jones got in his face and said, hey, this doesn't work like this. You don't talk to grown men who make more money than you. You don't talk to us like this. That can't happen. And then obviously the rumors come out that Urban Meyer in a staff meeting, you know, sat down all of his assistant coaches who, by the way, I did some research Three of his assistant coaches have Super Bowl rings being assistants on other teams. And Urban's going coach by coach, basically saying, what's your resume? Prove to me why you need to be here. Hey, Urban, what's your resume? What have you done? Oh, you've won two games. We've won Super Bowls. Nick Saban has won a million national championships. He couldn't get it done in the NFL. They ran him out of town. He had players get in his face and be like, who are you talking to? I'm a grown man. Who are you talking to? And he's like, all right, I get you're right. I'm out. Urban is like, oh, no, no, no. See, I've got three national championships in college. I can, I can talk to you like this. And then the final straw. The final straw. Former Jaguars kicker. He was there during the preseason, Josh Lambeau. Okay. A story comes out, and and Josh Lambeau did an interview, and there's a good clip about it. Urban during the preseason comes up to a grown man, a grown NFL kicker, and kicks him in the hamstring and says, Hey, dip S, make your effing kicks. Ponder that idea for a minute. Ponder that idea. Think about think about it this way. If your boss at work, you know, if you're a salesperson per se, and your boss comes up to you, smacks you in the face, and says, Hey, sell more. You need to sell more. I'm turning around and standing up and being like, who the hell are you talking to? And Josh Lambeau did the same thing. Josh Lambeau looks at him and says, don't ever effing kick me again. Who are you talking to? He said, I'm the head ball coach. I can do what I want. Are you crazy? That's a grown man you're looking at. That's a grown man. That's a kicker in this league who has been established. Urban, you are nothing. You're nothing in this league. And that's like, that was the problem with Nick Saban, right? When he came in, he thought he could run it like a college. I say it week after week. It's the men's league. It's a different ballgame. In college, it's coach-centered. You are, the coach decides everything. Everybody knows who the coach is. Everybody knows the NFL players, but can can a casual fan name me the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Can a casual fan name me the interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders or the Los Angeles Chargers? No, they can't. They can can tell you who the quarterback is. They can tell you who the running back is. They can't tell you who the coach is. Who cares? Players are the product on the field. But in college, it's a different story. And Urban wanted to be like, all right, I've got, you know, I've got my first round pick, my quarterback, okay? It's just me and him. You can't win like that. You can beat Purdue and Rutgers doing that. You can't beat even the New York Jets. You can't beat them. Cuz week after week I I'll say it once and I'll say it a million times. Every per every team in the NFL any given Sunday you can lose. Any given Sunday, even in the playoffs. We've seen it. The 9 and 7 New York Giants perfect example. They beat a six the undefeated New England Patriots team in the Super Bowl. The Giants weren't supposed to get there. That happened. Okay? If you're telling me that, all right, Wake Forest is going to beat Alabama in the playoffs, they're going to beat Michigan in the playoffs, whatever drugs you're smoking, I want Because that's absolutely nonsense. That just doesn't happen in the college, in in the NFL. It doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? It can't happen. Why would it happen? And so Urban now, obviously, he's out of Jacksonville. Shad Khan, you know, he came out and gave a sappy old. He said... Basically, it says, as I stated in October after the uh, after the co-ed incident, if you will, as I stated in October, regaining our trust and respect was essential. Regrettably, it did not happen. The players hated him. The assistant coaches hated him. He, he, does, he only cares about himself. And that's that's one of my main problems with humans in general who just love, love, love on themselves they, they can't do any wrong. Everybody else is doing something wrong. And that's why it's affecting them. But Urban Meyer's out. It's a beautiful day to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. That's my Urban Meyer rant. We're going to move on here real quick because there is something I want to touch on before we get out of here. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and Jackson State. So the number one recruit in high school football, or number two, depending on who you look at, Travis Hunter, okay, Travis Hunter Jr. Excuse me, got to throw the Jr. in there. Travis Hunter Jr. about about six foot one, 170 pounds. I I I actually watched a a highlight film of this guy. One of the best athletes I've ever seen. One of the best. I mean, he's a two way player at a six A school in Georgia. If that tells you anything, that doesn't happen. This guy's a baller, okay? So he was originally committed to Florida State. Deion Sanders. You know, he went to Florida State, okay? Georgia was also in the mix. And a day before the early signing period in college football, Deion Sanders goes on the pro football football show that he does on, yes, that's the real title, on Barstool Sports. And he says to, you know, the other hosts that are there, he says, we've got something coming tomorrow. We're going to shock the world tomorrow. Now, granted, backstory on Jackson State. It's an HBCU, historic black college or university. It's, you know, in the FCS. So that's division one AA. It's not in the FBS. Okay. Deion Sanders, coach prime, excuse me, was able to flip the number one recruit in the country. He had, he had offers from everywhere. 50 offers. Georgia and Florida state were his final two. Think about that. Georgia and Florida state. Dion comes over top and says, Hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, you coming over here, pal. You remember me? You remember Prime? All right, you want to be Prime? You come here and I'll teach you how to be Prime. So the number one recruit in the country, Travis Hunter, is going to an HBCU. This is revolutionary for the sport. I hope yeah, because there has been, you know, over the years, and granted, the FCS will never be able to be at the level of the FBS. We, we all know that the money is just completely different. The talent's completely different. But this sheds a light on HBCUs. This sheds a light on what's going on, special things going on at, at at historical black colleges, and you know we never there's not too much news about these colleges ever, you know not too much news, but now it's on every front page sports. Everybody's talking about Jackson State. I absolutely love it. I love it. And now, granted, there are rumors around that Barstool Sports got involved and they have a million dollar NIL deal. Those rumors were shot down, but. Look, I'm in this business now, if you will, and I've been, you know, scrolling the Internet. I do it every day for hours and hours on end. There's no doubt in my mind that money was in place for him to come to Jackson State. But my point is this. He would have made the same amount of money if he went to Georgia, if he would have made the same amount of money if he went to Florida State. And that's what I've been trying to tell people, especially around this office. It would have been the same. Maybe he's actually a kid who looks at an HBCU and says, you know what? I'm the number one recruit in the country. If I go here, maybe I can change the narrative on HBCUs. I love it. I absolutely love it. Good on the kid. Good on the kid. And he also gets to learn from the greatest corner in NFL history. He gets to learn from Deion Sanders. And, you know, I I don't try to compare people to Deion because, you know, granted, I never saw him play live, but we see, you know, you go on YouTube. Go on YouTube and watch. The guy, I mean, he's an electric factory, you know? Every time he touched the ball, offense or defense, because he did play some offense, they put him on little bubble screens, have him punt return every once in a while. Everybody in the stadium stood up. Everybody in the stadium, because you knew something amazing was about to happen. And, uh, and actually, Coach Prime was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning, and he said, every time that kid gets the ball, stand up. Stand up and watch. You don't think he's like looking at that kid and sees himself and is like, oh yeah, he's got the moxie. He's got the swag. It's all there. It's all there for the taking for Travis Hunter. And I absolutely love this for the world in general. Like this is, this is awesome for college football and for everybody who's hating on this. And there's a lot of Florida state fans who are crying like, oh, they bought him. They bought him. Y'all were going to buy him anyway. You were going to buy him anyway. He's going to make NIL money anyway. He decided to go here. He's not spiting you. He decided to go there. Maybe he looked at Deion Sanders and, and compared him to Mike Norvell, the head coach of Florida State, who, by the way, went 5-7 and seven this year. Jackson State went 11-1 and one in the FCS, the SWAC champions, and also Deion Sanders is the head coach and was like, hey, that's a little bit more intriguing, and granted – If I was him, I probably would have gone to Georgia. I probably would have gone to Georgia because of their defense. He would have fit in immediately. That that would have been it. But I think he's doing it for the right reason. And I want to reiterate it once again. He was going to get paid regardless. He was going to have the Porsche from Tallahassee Porsche. He was going to have that. He was going to have a half a million dollar NIL deal at FSU. He would have had it at Georgia as well. He's just getting into Jackson State. What's the problem? I absolutely love it. Urban getting fired. HBCU's getting rising up. I mean, what more could you want on a beautiful, beautiful day? And I'm Trent Corville, and I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here. Do a couple things before we get out of here. Just subscribe to the podcast. It really helps. Give us a five-star rating. Be a friend And be a friend, see a friend, tell a friend. Share it with a friend. I will see you all beautiful people next week. Peace and love.